be honest and tell them that you will be listening and learning, not fixing and bringing in things. You don't have to show everyone everything you know. Instead, show them the leader that you are. Be intentional with your time and with the questions that you ask. Welcome to You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. You are ambitious in life and in your career, but something is missing. You want to bring more of your passion to what you do, because let's be honest, you pour a ton into your work and it needs to mean more. I'm your host, Laura Eigel. I'm a mom, wife, PhD, coach, advocate, introvert, and indoor rowing fanatic. I'm passionate about living a life that's in line with my values we'll give you the actionable tips and tools you need to lead with your values, make a difference and have career success. The world needs more diversity and authenticity in the top jobs at organizations. Your leadership belongs there. You belong in the C-suite. If you've been listening to this podcast regularly, or if you know me well, you know I live a life and career aligned with my values and I help others to do the same. Last weekend, I was out with a good friend. My leadership coach self can't help but ask my friends how their jobs are going. Work is such a big part of life and there's so much change going on right now for everyone. After a long discussion, my friend called me a career therapist. It was the best compliment ever. No, I'm not a real therapist, but I can help you find career clarity to give you clarity on what matters most. And that's why I've built the You Belong in the C-Suite group coaching program. In the six-month program, I help you gain clarity on what matters most, create the action plan to get there, to reach career fulfillment, and lead as your authentic self. Here's what some of the program participants are saying. Because of this program, I've been more intentional about understanding my values and aligning my professional and personal life according to what I value most. I've also taken the time to deeply reflect on how I want to show up as a leader. This program has shown me that it's okay to make decisions that are truly in my best interests. I know that if I'm 100% true to myself, I can lead in more powerful and impactful ways. Another participant said, participating in this program helped me gain the clarity I needed on what was most important to me in my career. The exercises, reflections, and conversations with supported women have helped me to make a career change that I would not have otherwise made. The structured framework coupled with the dynamic dialogue allows for personalized experience in a group setting. Best of both worlds. If you are a high achieving woman and want more fulfillment in your work, learn more at thecatchgroup.com. Apply to You Belong in the C-Suite Group Coaching Program now. Welcome to this week's episode of the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. I've been a coach for more than a decade, both internally at Fortune 50 organizations and externally working with leaders across multiple industries and levels, from managers of small teams to coaching leaders in the C-suite. One of the most rewarding types of coaching that I do is when I coach leaders in transition. Transition may look like multiple things. It could look like a leader figuring out their next career move within their company or it could include transitioning from one company to another or to another industry. And in that transition, there are multiple things that we work on. 
like deciding when is the right time to make that transition, or maybe gaining clarity on what the leader wants to transition to next. We may work on what a successful transition looks like after they have their next role planned out. So how they want to leave their current role strong, having a really great break in between roles and pause to rest, and then how to set themselves up successfully for their next role, like working through what to take with them or what to leave behind, bringing in the confidence that they need and leaving some of those limiting beliefs behind. There's a lot to work on through transition to set yourself up for success. And today I'm going to talk about the five mistakes that leaders make when transitioning roles. These are the themes from my experience and from the experiences of my clients. Also some themes of other coaches that they've seen that I'm in connection with as well. Some of these things I've fallen into myself as I've transitioned roles. So let's dig in and get started. The first mistake I see leaders make when transitioning roles, they aren't setting boundaries. You know how much I'm obsessed with boundaries. As a reminder, my perspective on boundaries is that it's not a hard line or a wall. Instead, it's a boundary is a way to show care for your values and what is important to you. So when we are thinking about transitioning, often leaders are not prioritizing themselves in the transition. They're prioritizing the companies that they're leaving or their companies that they're going to. And in transition, it is just that it's transitioning, leaving one place to go to another. And so it's really easy to get pulled back to your old employer and to get pulled into the momentum of the new one. And even in the middle, in between two jobs, there's this really weird space in between. And so here are a few scenarios that I've seen recently with clients and what this looks like not having boundaries. So it might look like as they exit an organization, maybe overextending themselves as they leave. Maybe they're extending their time or the date that they were actually going to leave the organization. Maybe to complete a deliverable or just doing work. I've seen leaders even attend meetings after their last day. So say that your last day is on Friday and then you hopped onto a call the following week. That's a sign to me that you've not managed your exit from the organization and you've sacrificed your own time and often are not utilizing boundaries. Often you're doing this because you deeply care about your organization, about your team that you are leaving. And I get that, but it isn't going to do you any favors. Another way I see this is not setting boundaries in the interview process or in negotiation with the new organization. That may look like bending over backwards for this new prospective employer, being available at any time for an interview. In one instance, I saw a prospective employer ask for work product for a case study for a person who had been in multiple rounds of interviews. And be careful in these situations. Sometimes companies are overburdening candidates with unpaid work that they still may use within their company and you may not even get the job. So just be careful. We are bending over backwards in the interview process. And this is a sign of what's to come with that employer. I want you to pay attention here and have boundaries about what you will do or won't do. It could also look like 
not having boundaries in the negotiation process with a new employer. Often leaders will go in with certain things that they want to negotiate, but they haven't done the work to establish non-negotiables or they aren't negotiating at all sometimes with a new employer because they don't want to seem ungrateful. So not thinking through your non-negotiables is another signal of not having boundaries or caring for what you want or need. Another sign of no boundaries in the transition process is not taking a break in between roles. Some people leave a job on Friday and start again on Monday. And I understand that not everybody is in the place to be able to do that. But if you are, I need you to take a break. I need you to take longer than you think you will need. Usually a week is not long enough. I will say that I have never heard anyone say, oh, I wish I started my new role sooner. Often it is the opposite. They take a week in between and wish they would have taken two or three. Another thing that I see are people starting their new jobs before their first day. So they're in that break period, that weird time in between jobs where you've turned in your laptop for your old job and you haven't gotten your new laptop yet for your your new job, but you're already starting to sit in on calls. This is another thing that you can decide not to do. I get it. Wanting to start the new job and get ahead. I've done this myself in the past, but here's the thing. You need that break. You need to honor that break. A transition is also the perfect time to start building the boundaries you always wanted in your old role that you never had. Start in the break before you start your new role. Think about what did you wish you you could do in your old role, but you never did. So do you wish that you had a consistent morning routine, maybe where you worked out? Start doing that in your break and bring that with you. Bring that new routine with you. In your old role, do you wish you had more boundaries around how connected you were? Maybe how often you checked email. I'll share this example. One thing that I did when I started a new role, I I ended my role with one company. I started with a new company. And in the new company, I decided to separate work email. So I did not have work email on my personal phone. And to do that, I actually received a work phone. So I had two cell phones, one that I used for work and one that I used personally. And it was great because I could intentionally not bring my work phone with me when I was with family. And that was a boundary that I intentionally set in my break before I went into my new role. So what are those kinds of things that you might need to start building? I will tell you that new employer does not know what you did before. So you can come in with the boundaries that you want in this new space. So what what do you want that to look like? What do you want in your new role? And make that happen and start that in the in-between space. So in summary, this first one, the biggest mistake that I see leaders make in transition is not establishing boundaries when they're transitioning roles. They aren't caring for their values and what's important to them. They're instead honoring the values of their previous employer or future employer. So instead, I want you to establish those boundaries for you. Honor when you leave an organization and finish strong. In the space between, show up for what you need and start setting boundaries. In the interview process and negotiation, start there too. Build those boundaries in all of those places. You need them more than you know, and it's a mistake if we're not thinking about it. 
Okay. So the first thing I said that there's five. So that was the first one. This is the next most frequent mistake. If boundaries is the first, the second mistake that I see leaders make most in transition is going too fast and putting too much pressure on themselves to make an impact quickly. So many leaders who are transitioning, you're transitioning to a bigger job, a bigger scope, a bigger team. Often they've come from cultures that have rewarded and incentivized them to get things done, to show results, drive for outcomes. They have this in their DNA, their type A, right? You might resonate with some of those adjectives and descriptors. I know I do. They're used to seeing the impact of their team and their team's achievements, right? So often when you're transitioning from one company that you've been at, especially for a long time, and then you're going into a new environment, you know, you start working like you would have in your previous company without giving yourself the space to learn at the new company. And this is what this looks like. You start your new role, you jump right in. You might be making decisions about your team or the strategy in the first 30 days. You might be changing processes, bringing in new ideas. What does this feel like? It feels like you know better. It feels like you have an agenda. It feels like that maybe you don't value what they did before you got there. It may feel too fast. The place that you came from may have a completely different pace. They may have a completely different decision-making process. They may incentivize different behaviors. The ultimate impact of this is that you could be seen as someone that doesn't really fit into the culture or that doesn't know how we get things done here. I'm using air quotes here, which you can't see, but in my previous corporate experience, when someone would come in externally into a big role and start doing a lot of things quickly, they would get early feedback and comments like, oh, wow, they're really getting things done until suddenly about three months in, they would get the reputation of not collaborating and driving their own agenda. Even if it was the thing that they were hired to do, it was the way in which they were getting the work done. They were moving too fast or not doing it in the way we do things here, right? And the common outcome would be a perceived mismatch. And then they would end up sometimes leaving the organization. There was actually a term for it, organ reject, as in the phenomenon when you get a life-saving organ transplant and the person's system at first operates okay with the new organ, but over time, the person's system rejects the transplanted organ. Now, I know this is a very extreme term for something that happens at work. And now that I'm describing it, it's probably not the, the optimal way to describe that. But that was the term that was used there. And that was the perception. It could have been many things. Maybe they didn't hire the right person. Or maybe they really weren't in alignment in the culture and in the values of the organization. But what I want you to think about that is going into a new existing organization. You are the person that is new that has to understand how the system works. The impact of this is the perception of moving too fast. And that maybe everything that that team has already done isn't good enough, right? So if you're moving too fast, you're making changes before you've taken in any data. So when you transition instead, I want your job, your number one job in the first 90 days is this. I want you to listen. I want you to get data in. 
you may have heard the term listening tour. I want you to go on a listening tour. I want you to build relationships and go on your own listening tour in those first 30 to 90 days. One woman I'm coaching is doing this by going on a listening tour and meeting with every person on her team in the first 30 days. It gives you a chance to build relationships and to listen to what's on their mind, to really to build connection, right? You can then start to collect data on the themes that you're hearing. Focus on the listening though, and the learning and set that expectation that you aren't going to do any of the doing just yet or the big decision-making just yet in the first 30 to 90 days. By being transparent with your team, hopefully this will set them at ease. They won't be waiting for you to come in and change things up right away. Be honest and tell them that you will be listening and learning, not fixing and bringing in things. You don't have to show everyone everything you know. Instead, show them the leader that you are. Be intentional with your time and with the questions that you ask. Learn about them as individuals and the support that they need in their roles. Then create some themes to share back with your team and your leadership to show them the insights you've processed from your listening tour. So those are the first two mistakes. One, not setting boundaries in the transition and two, moving too fast. One of my favorite things is to get direct messages on LinkedIn from female executives. They reach out to me directly Maybe on a not so great day after back-to-back meetings or being triple booked after a day ruled by things not moving the needle and they think, what are we even accomplishing here? I don't feel like I'm making an impact. They reach out to connect because they want a safe space to figure out what's next for their career because right now in their role, they know it doesn't feel right. Something is misaligned. They know it in their gut and they've made a pivotal decision. And that's why this is one of my favorite things because these leaders are ready to be intentional and strategic in their career. That feeling might sound similar to you. You might be watching others get promoted, seeing other people ascend to positions that are well beyond their skill set, and you feel frustrated and maybe not valued. I wanna tell you that you can step into larger, higher paying roles while having boundaries you never even thought were possible? How would it feel to walk into your work week, knowing that you have a list of challenging things ahead of you, that you have more control over your day? You know, you might be shocked how calm and centered and focused that you feel. The opportunities are coming your way and there's no part of you that's hesitating to consider them. I want you to get more strategic in your career, to figure out that next step, to land that promotion that you want, to feel like you are in charge of your week, to set the standard for how you work and how you show up. I know that you're ready. You're ready now. Join me and other high achieving women in the six month group coaching cohort. Apply now at thecatchgroup.com slash group coaching. That's thecatchgroup.com slash group coaching. Learn more and apply today for the You Belong in the C-Suite group coaching program. The third mistake that I see leaders make in transition is not building team culture from day one. 
So when you're transitioning into a new role, I want you to start thinking about culture from before day one, actually, that starts in the interview process. You know your values and you are most likely trying to find a job in a company that aligns to your values. I want you to start your interview process by thinking about how you will build your team's culture and how you'll do that in alignment with the organization's values and culture. What this looks like when you don't do it. When you make this mistake, it looks like diving in too much to the strategy. It looks like being too focused on the business, what it feels like that you may not be valuing the people that work for you, that you may not be giving feedback, that you aren't being intentional with rewards and recognition with your team and at the organizational level, that you are out of touch with what truly motivates and drives engagement of your team. I think the best time to think about setting your team culture is in your transition because it sets a precedent on what's important to you. When you get into a role, people are paying attention especially in the first 90 days in your role. People are paying attention to what's important to you, what you do, your reactions to things. To set yourself and the team up to create the results that you want, I want you to be intentional about setting up the team culture you want from the beginning. I teach leaders how to do this in my group coaching program in a way that aligns to their values and their leadership style. You do it through communicating what's important and then consistently following through with those actions in multiple forums in one-on-ones with team members and team meetings and in department meetings. There's a way to intentionally do this. And this leads me to the fourth mistake that I see leaders making in the transition. The fourth mistake, not having a transition plan or onboarding plan or not sticking to it. They think that the transition is just a phase of starting a new job. I will tell you those days will go by whether or not you have a plan in place. And the things you prioritize or react to will consume your days. So what this looks like when you don't go in with a plan. The leaders that don't go in with a transition plan often say that starting their new job is like drinking from a fire hose. It may feel like that no matter what. But how you spend your time and what things you do, how many hours you work, all of that looks differently when you have a plan or when you don't. It could look like going to all of the meetings that people invite you to, extending your days, saying yes to go on trips or to give feedback on a project or something. And then 30 days later, looking back saying, huh. I would have made a different decision knowing what I know now because I've learned so much in my first 30 days, but maybe it's jumping in too much on different things. So what does it look like with a transition plan? It means having a strategy for your first 30 days, your first 60 days, your first 90 days with measurable outcomes. Now you might say, well, of course I'm going to go in with a plan, Laura. I am not ill-prepared. I'm not saying you are, but I'm also saying that you are most likely underestimating your likeliness to stick to your plan and the specificity of that plan. When I ask leaders what their transition or onboarding plans are, usually they tell me a few high-level objectives like meeting specific team members in a certain order, getting to know the business, and then building a strategy. What they sometimes forget is to then operationalize that plan. They start accepting lots of meetings with everyone. Their days get filled with meetings that they quote unquote need to be in. 
you know, because everyone's so excited that someone is now doing this job. It's important that they're, you know, a part of it to make decisions now that they're physically in the seat or virtually in the seat for remote work, but they're being inundated with no gauge or filter on the importance of which things they should prioritize. Sometimes they have administrative help. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they have a mentor within the company. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they've thought about team culture. Sometimes they haven't. They start with the intentionality of having a transition and onboarding plan. But when the rubber meets the road, they look up and realize that 60 days have gone by and they really haven't done the things that they had the intention of doing when they first started. And once that time is gone, it's gone. There's no getting it back. There's this really interesting sweet spot of being new and you don't get to relive those days. So going in with an intentional plan is an important one and a mistake I don't want you to make. So we've talked about four mistakes so far that leaders don't get right in transitioning roles. First, not setting boundaries early. Second, going too fast, putting too much pressure on themselves to make an impact quickly. Three, not building team culture from day one. And four, not setting up or sticking to a transition or onboarding plan. Now let's talk about the last one, the fifth one. Here it is. The fifth mistake that I see leaders make most in transition, not having a coach. So not having a coach. What does this look and feel like? This one I'm going to share from my own experience. You'd think I would have known better, but I didn't. Let me set the stage. I had worked at a company for over 10 years and I was transitioning to a new role leading a department and my first role in the C-suite at a new organization. I was walking into an organization that I had built a relationship with my new manager through the interview process. He was amazing. I knew I would love working for him. After the interview process, we even had a meeting with a coach who had done an assessment on both of us and did a meeting to tell us about how we would be compatible working together. And if things went off the rails, what those scenarios may be to watch out for. And so I really felt like I was set up for success. I thought I was intentionally building my team and focusing on culture. I thought I was prioritizing all these things. Until one day, about 90 days in, I was at one of my first trips and found myself just overwhelmed How and just wondering how everything had gotten so crazy so fast. And it was in one of those moments of overwhelm, the imposter syndrome was big for me. And I was just questioning everything. I felt alone. I had a really great relationship with my manager, but here's the thing. I didn't want to go to him because I didn't want him to think that I couldn't handle it. I couldn't go to my team because I was their manager. And there I was, I felt kind of untethered. What I know now is that I should have had a coach. I should have invested in one in my transition, whether that was sponsored by my organization or if I had paid for it myself. Either way, I hadn't thought about it, even though I had already been a coach myself. Now that's the advice I give everyone, especially if you're going into a big position. You need more support than you think, and you deserve that support. It would have given me an intentional space to have conversations with a trusted advisor It would have given me a space to kind of ground myself, a sounding board, another perspective. I think back to how I handled it at the time. I probably over-indexed on using a few close friendships and my husband to talk about work. 
And that's fine to do, but I think I would have figured out more things faster. I would have had less anxiety and really just more confidence if I had an intentional space and knew I had someone to chat with who would also have kept me accountable and focused on a transition plan. Again, now this is the feedback that I give all leaders transitioning into a new role in a new company. Get a coach. Sure, I I want you to use me as your transition coach if you're somebody that um, resonates with this content. But I also have a huge network of coaches that I refer when my schedule is full or if there is a better fit for a leader. Compatibility is really important in that in that coaching situation. So in my own experience as a leader in the C-suite, if I could have done one thing differently in my role, it would have been that in that transition, it would have been to get a coach. That's what I would have prioritized for myself, knowing what I know now. I think about me in that role and I think, wow, if I could have gifted myself a bit more confidence, a bit more space for intentional growth, I would have most likely shown up as a better leader for my team a better direct report for my manager and a more present mom, wife, friend, all the things, because I would have had an intentional space. Don't get me wrong. I loved that role and that manager. And most of all that team, I'm still connected to so many of them, but that's the thing I would do differently. That's the thing I'd wish for that version of myself. Again, this is not lost on me. The name of this podcast being you belong in the C-suite because I'm building something that I needed for myself when I was in the C-suite, right? And that's what I prioritize for myself now, coaching. I have multiple coaches that I work with and communities that I get support in. I know that that accountability of a coach gets me better outcomes, I know that about myself. So now it's something that I invest in for myself and for my business. So let's recap on the five mistakes that leaders make in transition. One, not setting boundaries early. Two, going too fast, putting too much pressure on themselves to make an impact quickly. Three, not building team culture from day one. Four, not setting up or sticking to a transition or onboarding plan. And five, not having a coach. It would be my honor to work with you in your career transition and one-on-one coaching or group coaching. Get in touch on my website or send an email to hello at thecatchgroup.com to see how we can work together. Or if you want a recommendation for another coach in my network. Either way, I want you to be supported in your career transition. Remember, your leadership belongs here. You belong in the C-suite. I want to thank you so much for listening to the You Belong in the C-suite podcast. If you are enjoying this content, please remember to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. By leaving a review, you are helping others find this content. We will be featuring five-star reviews on air in upcoming episodes. Editing and support for the podcast is done by S&E Podcast Management. To get more tips and tools to help you live a life guided by your values, go to thecatchgroup.com. Keep your boundaries and take care.